Hey guys, welcome to the number 181 ever episode of Wiz Talk with Chase. I am Chase Coburn, and today we are back with another episode of Wiz Talk with Chase. We have a lot to break down, so I'm going to have a quick intro. We're basically going to be breaking down every other player that the Wizards could potentially draft with the number 10 overall pick, but also someone else. As it is rumored that the Wizards are may, are possibly looking to trade the number 10 overall pick. And there are rumors that the Sacramento Kings are looking to trade that number 4 overall pick. And that the Wizards may be considering trading up. Does that mean that they could trade up to the number 4 pick? Uh, they do have a couple different options if they do want to. And we're going to break that down at the end. So if you want to hear about Jalen Duran, Jeremy Soa, Malaki Brand, and Bowser Jiang, we're going to be talking about that at the beginning of the episode. And at the end, we're going to break down Jaden Ivey and the possible trades that the Wizards could do to get that number 4 overall pick, which the top three it could be pretty is probably is pretty obvious. And then they would most likely select Jaden Ivey with that number 4 overall pick. Hope you guys do enjoy this episode. If you do, subscribe, follow, share. Yeah, view. Sorry, an episode hasn't came out in about a week, uh, but we are going to have some stuff going on. It is almost the one-year anniversary of this podcast. I can't believe uh, where we have come uh, since the one year. I'm just going to have a whole episode about that, and also a little bit some special uh, to give you guys for that. Honestly, I get even emotional thinking about it, uh, how much this podcast has meant to me. And you know, I'll, I'll save that uh, for June 21st. But um, but yeah, I'm really looking forward to that episode to you know show you guys what I've created to you know even elevate this podcast even more. But that's too much talking. Let's get into this. Let's start off with Jalen Duran because Jalen Duran is someone that was projected to go into the top 10 in most mocks early on, but his stock has kind of fell. I'm pretty sure he didn't have the best combine. And um, now he's projected to go probably somewhere from 11 to 13. But that is right near the 10th overall pick. And I don't expect the Wizards to take him, right? He's a guy, I mean, he's a big man, right? He didn't even attempt a three-pointer in college. He could score the ball. He could get blocks. He gets rebounds, right? Does the classic center things. But he has a massive scoring potential. But I'm not going to spend too much time talking about him because if you look at the Wizards right now, Kristaps Porzingis, while he could play power forward, is mostly a center. And then you're p- going to be paying Daniel Gafford like twelve to fourteen million dollars a year. Think about that: twelve to fourteen million dollars a year. That that's a lot of cash right there, especially when you're going to be paying Porzingis twenty nine thirty plus M's, and then you're going to be paying Beal. 45, 50 plus M. So eventually you're going to run out of money and the Wizards are going to have to use that money wisely in other positions. And I don't see Duran on the timeline that the Wizards need right now and neither fits kind of the position need as well. So I physically do not see a way. I feel like when you look at the top 10, right, even if Duran is available at number 10 for the Wizards, I find it impossible, impossible that the Wizards take him with that number 10 overall pick. Jeremy Sohan, um, is really another good option because um, he is actually a good option. Uh, I'm sorry, Durant is not a good option. He is actually a good option for the Wizards. Be- well, it depends because Jeremy's, I know it would be now four straight years. Of the t- I guess you could consider Kisper a shooting guard, shooting guard small forward. That You could say it was now. It would be now four straight years where the Wizards have taken it forward. But Sohan, I think, is one of the most NBA-ready players in this entire draft. Number one comparison, Draymond Green. He's the guy that does the gritty work, the tough work that goes unnoticed on the stat sheet. Right? It, when I, whenever I think of like those players that go unnoticed, 
but yet are still some of the best players at their sport and make such a big impact on championship teams. I think of Draymond Green and I think of Tom Wilson from my Washington Capitals. The guys that do the little things, the tough, gritty work that get their team to Ws. And Draymond Green does that, and Jeremy Sohan does that. Right? Great defender. I know the stats aren't going to show it, but you really got to do research on this guy. This guy's a top-tier defender. He can score the ball, but he's mostly a rebounder. Again, he's Draymond Green, right? Doesn't have the same passing skill, but everything else is truly identical to Draymond Green, right? Dominant force in the paint. Plays a lot like a big at 6'9". Uh, Sohan is one of my favorite players in the whole draft. Um, You know, when I first watched him, I wasn't so sure. When I first did research on him, wasn't so sure. But as you continue to watch more and more film, you continue to realize how talented of a player Jeremy Sohan is and how much of an impact he makes to his team. So if we're let's just let's just say Jeremy Sohan is an NBA ready player, but I don't think he's gonna be drafted high because he doesn't have as high potential. He doesn't have Draymond Green potential. He plays like Draymond Green, but he's not gonna be at the same level as Draymond Green. He doesn't have that high potential. So that's why a team like I don't think the Wizards would be right for him because, yes, he may, be, he may do good this year, but he also wouldn't play a lot because the Wizards have so much forward depth and he's not ever going to hit a peak like maybe Denny will or Kisper will or Rui will. So he wouldn't be the best player in Washington, even though he is one of my favorite prospects. If the Wizards did take him in this year's draft, I'm not going to complain and have a hissy fit, but I do think that the Wizards would have better options just because of their needs. Right, and, and I think Sohan's potential isn't good enough to be in the top 10, but he nearly fits on every other cylinders um, out, outside of that potential mark, right? So Sohan, again, one of my favorite prospects in the whole draft, but I, I, I just wouldn't feel comfortable with the Wizards taking him number 10 overall because of his potential and the way he would fit on Washington, how he wouldn't be able to really hit his peak there. So another um, player that the Wizards could possibly draft that is in contention for that is Malachi Branham. And... Very much like Johnny Davis um, that we broke down, uh, very similar, very, very similar to Bradley Beal. Right? I, I continue to hear Bradley Beal comparisons for him because he can score the ball at will. He shoots the ball much more efficient than Bradley Beal. Right? He's an efficient scorer too, and I think that is his number one asset. There should be no scores in this draft. Right? Blake Weasley, um, Johnny Davis. We ha- there are scores in this draft, but there are. He's the, really the only one that can not only score the ball, but can have, but can shoot the ball the most efficient as well. That's what makes him so talented as a basketball player. And his ability to drive to the rim, moi, his defense absolutely could use improvement. But he could score the ball at such a high level and do it so efficiently as well. Him and Adrian Liddell did amazing at Ohio State. I love watching Malachi Brandon play. He's such a talented player. The thing is, how in the world would he fit on the Wizards? It's, again, one of those players has a great potential. But... How would he fit on the Wizards? And and that is my number one thing with Malachi Branham. Is again, if you have Bradley Beal comparisons, the Wizards have the Bradley Beal. They have the score that they need. And he's not a win-now player. He needs a year or two to develop into the player that could be that scoring guard and the efficient scorer. Right? He's not going to be efficient in his rookie year. Right? Efficient guys in college are Corey Kisper. Only shot I've British for 32% from three this year. And that is because he continued to improve as the year went on. It's just because when players adjust 
into the NBA when college players adjust and don't shoot as efficient, especially if they're an efficient shooter in college, right? They're, they're not going to shoot as efficient and, and their numbers are going to decrease. Brandon would need a year or two to develop and knowing that he has comparisons to Bradley Beal, the Wizards already have Bradley Beal. They already have that score. Even if Brandon develops early, they wouldn't need someone like him. So again, such a talented player. And he's another one of my favorite, most underrated prospects in this year's draft. But just wouldn't fit in D.C. And another one that wouldn't fit in D.C. is Alex Magie. Because no one truly knows yet what Magie could do, right? He has massive potential in all cylinders. He's shown shooting abilities. Right? He's shown shooting ability. He's shown driving ability. Right? That That's one of his main assets as well as he could drive to the paint. But it has done nothing consistent. I mean, I mean his stats um, on the National Basketball League for for uh, Australia just they're they're not they're not. Uh, I'm sorry for New Zealand break in the NBA in the National Basketball League Australia. They're not great. Like let me just say that they're they're not great, and. He, need, he is someone that needs so many years to develop. And that is why I don't see a team outside of the Oklahoma City Thunder taking him. Because the Oklahoma City Thunder are the only team in the NBA that has time to develop these players. That truly has the time to say, you know what? We can develop that player. Even if he needs a couple years. Send him to the G League for a year. Then give him some... No, no, no. The winners don't have that. They can't take that as their number 10 player. Their number 10 player needs to be someone that could be a rotational player for them and make an impact immediately. Right? That is the only positive about the Wizards taking Sohan. Is that he's an NBA-ready player that can come in immediately and doesn't need much development to get to the point where the Wizards need him to be in 2023. Zhang would need so much of that development time. And truly, the Wizards don't have that time. Neither do most teams in the NBA. Again, really, the only teams that have that are rebuilding teams. Maybe even not the Detroit Pistons. I'm talking the Orlando Magic. Houston Rockets and the Oklahoma City Thunder, maybe not even the Magic. I feel like the Rockets and the Thunder are the only two teams that truly have to pay, have time to be patient and let Zhang develop. The Wizards don't have that time, so it would not make sense on the Wizards' timeline, right? Before we break down how the Wizards would get the number four overall pick, I did mention who they would take with the number four overall pick, and that is Jaden Ivey. Um, I don't know what else to say. Jaden Ivey. Is such a talented point guard. Don't know what else to say. Right? If you look at kind of his scouting report, he's a dynamic guard too. Can play off ball. Doesn't just need to be the primary ball handler, which is important. Because if the Wizards take a point guard, they don't need him to have the ball all the time. Right? That's why I'm such a big fan of Jalen Brunson with the Wizards. Because Jalen Brunson knew that he couldn't be the primary ball handler all the time. He needed to feed the ball to Luca. Luca would sometimes be the uh primary ball handler. So he knows how to kind of play that point guard spot, play good off ball, have the playmaking abilities, and still get it to the main scorer who's going to be bringing the ball up a lot. That's what the Wizards truly need is their guard, a dynamic guard that can play point guard and shooting guard. Ivy is that. Ivy, his main asset is he's quick and he's athletic, which allows him to succeed on the fast break and a transition. Can drive to the paint easily. That's why you see for him so many Russell Westbrook comparisons, so many John Moran comparisons. He continues to develop shooting the ball, Jumping up 10% in his three-point percentage, yes. In his first year in college, he went from 25.8% to in his second year in college, 35.8%. It literally jumped up exactly 10%, and that is important because he continues to 
uh, develop from three-point range. Again, maybe that means quicker development for him um, if he does struggle from three-point range this year. Maybe that means quicker development for him next year when it comes to shooting. And despite not being a floor general, he's shown he has the dribbling abilities and his driving ability shows that he does have passing ability, right? He's really good at kicking it out to guys on the baseline, especially from that three-point range, because when they're in the paint, teams have to send doubles. However, the number one thing right now is that his floater is not good, which is a bad thing. He's not good on the pick and roll, which is another reason why his floater isn't good. And he's not a good lob thrower, which is important because once teams learn to double team him, I think he's going to have a lot of trouble, especially in the NBA level when the passes that he makes, since he doesn't have, since he turn, he makes some really stupid mistakes on there. And he, again, he takes a lot of risks, but since he takes those mistakes, he's going to be turning the ball over a lot and a lot more. And once they realize to double team him, since he can't make the pass in the paint, he's going to get locked up and he's going to have to develop that floater and and um, the lob and lob uh, passing ability quickly, which I think is a talented prospect, but I think it just needs to continue to get better on passing the ball, which, again, his drive into the paint has shown that he could do that. Um, defender, there's not much to talk about him on defense. Inconsistent, can get the stats, he can get the steals, he can get the blocks, but is terrible off screens and when the ball when and when teams have great ball movement he gets lost and can't really find the defender to guard not good switching at all right the, the number one reason why the boston celtics defense was so good is because they were able to switch if Jaden ivy was on that team he'd immediately get benched because he is not good at switching at all but he has the offensive ability and will play great next to Bradley Beal since he has the shooting ability and he has the drive to the paint ability where Beal can find him in the paint. And even though he doesn't have as much playmaking ability as you'd want from the Wizards point guard, he could be someone that could develop next to Bradley Beal. Because think about it. Yes, the Wizards want to compete this year, but you're signing Beal. If they sign Beal, it's to a five-year, $250 million contract. Five-year, $250 million. That is a lot of cash right there. And... Most importantly, look at the years. That's five years. You're going to need someone to develop next to Beal for those five years. So if you get a young guard, maybe if he's not the guy you need him to be in 2023, he could be in 2024, 2025, 2026, and 2027 in the future as Beal's contract moves on. That's the number one thing here. But how would the Wizards get Jaden Ivey, right? How would they be able to get him? Well, there could be the simple trade, right? And... That would be without giving up any assets, right? And the Wizards would receive, the Wizards would get the fourth pick, and the Kings would receive the 10th pick and the 54th pick. Would that be enough assets? I don't know. I've heard the Kings, if they're trading down, they want an experienced star, which obviously this wouldn't be an experienced star because if you think about it, they made championship moves. They got the Montes bonus. They really want to compete. Sacramento has really never been good besides that one stretch where they ran into the Kobe and Shaq Lakers, which I understand some people think it could have been rigged. I'm not going to break down that situation. That's for a cool sports network or a cool sports newsletter or chasingsports.com. That's not for Wiz Talk with Chase. But the Kings have really never been good besides that one little stretch that they had with Chris Webber, Vladi Divac, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. Uh, Patriots, Akovic, et cetera, et cetera. But they're finally making moves to be competitive. And they have De'Aaron Fox and Devonta Sabonis. If they could get that one more experienced star, it could push them over the top to be a competitive playoff team. But if they trade down to the number 10 and 54th pick, you're not really getting an experienced star there. However, you know, we keep hearing that the Wizards want to pair someone like Shea Alexander or DeJounte Murray with Bradley Beal. But Bradley Beal did announce today that he has made his decision on what he wants to do. And he said he's not going to announce it yet.
probably means he's staying with the Wizards. But we've also heard rumors that the Los Angeles Lakers are interested in Bradley Beal, flipping on Russell Westbrook's expiring contract. Imagine after all of this time that if Russell Westbrook got traded for Bradley Beal. I, I, I wouldn't have words. I'd be speechless. Right, but the rumor is actually out there, and it's actually from good sources. Kevin O'Connor is a really good source, right, for the ringer. So it may happen, but even though it doesn't seem likely, neither did it seem likely for Russell Westbrook to get flipped last year, right? It, it didn't seem likely, and yet he, the, the Lakers, don't want to make draft day trades, and so do the Wizards. So maybe Beal's getting flipped, or maybe he could be getting flipped for the fourth overall pick. Maybe he's made his decision and they know they're going to make this trade on draft night to shake things up. The Wizards get Harrison Barnes, Rashawn Holmes, the number four pick, and a 2023 first, and the Kings get Bradley Beal. Would you ask for more? I mean, you're getting expiring contracts, and you're getting the number four pick, and then also a future first-round pick next year. Would you ask for more? I'm not exactly sure. But is it a possibility that Beal gets served for the number four pick? And... I think neither of these possibilities make a lot of sense. I think the Wizards are going to hold on to Beal. I think when he said he made his decision, I think his decision is going to be staying in Washington on that five-year $250 million deal that will make him about $50 million a year. I think his highest paid season will be $52 million. He's going to sign that contract. And I don't think the Kings are going to trade down to the 10th or 54th pick for the fourth pick since I do think they really need that experienced star to push him over the top to become a competitive playoff team like I mentioned. And I don't think they're going to make this trade. But it is interesting to me to think about if Beal's decision has already been made because the Wizards have made it for him and they're going to flip him on to get future assets of in a bunch of cap space. There's a bunch of things that could go on on draft night. And we're going to break down some of that on Cool Sports Network. We're not going to have too much draft coverage here on Wiz Talk with Chase. However, we do have the one-year anniversary special of Wiz Talk with Chase on June 21st. Stay tuned for that. Hope you guys enjoyed this episode. If you did, subscribe, follow, share, view, and I'll see you guys next time. Peace.